Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. As are in the Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club, where everybody has a seat at the table, and we're jamming starting at 5 a.m. every Monday through Friday, and Saturdays at 6 a.m., bringing people like myself 
to impact many, many lives, people like Glenn and Mike and other people, and then also my guests that I bring. And also I wanted to shout out this morning to Dora Maria because of all her hard work that goes on and you see it behind the scenes, and as well as all of the other speakers that come in and, and jam with you every morning. So uh, I wanted to start this morning real quick. Uh, Michael mentioned Blueprinted, and I just want to, you know, I'm a very transparent person because when I started going on my journey, I committed to making sure my journey to success, my journey to my targets was transparent because too often, too often the journey's invisible to people. And so when someone sets out on a, on a journey, on an entrepreneurial journey or a life mission and they run into adversity, they run into a setback, they run into something that happens, somebody lets them down, discouragement, hate, whatever it may be, you feel alone. You feel alone in that because you don't see the journey that others have taken. Those, those that have taken 20-year careers, 25, 30, even maybe 10, even shorter, but you don't see the journey. And so I committed to expose that in my life and also my show, What Are You Made Of, the podcast, to bring guests on to share that as well. Because I really want people to understand that you're not alone. And even though I'm saying this right now, I still feel alone at times. You know, I'm in the middle of two tech startups and also involved in a Project 10K, which is going to build, scale, and sell 10,000 tech companies over the next 10 years with, of course, awesome people because we, we just can't do it by ourselves. And I have a community now, an ecosystem, and I still feel alone sometimes. So I have to recognize my mission constantly and my, my commitment constantly to remind myself that I'm not alone. But I want you today, if you feel alone, if you felt alone this week or the past week, I want you to know that you're not. It's very important to understand that. So with Blueprinted, <clears throat> excuse me, what we're doing right now for transparency purposes, we're in a raise right now. We're raising $500,000 for an acceleration round. I self-funded the seed round and the product's ready to go, but we're also doing, we, we believe in and, A-N-D rather than or. So what we're doing is we're going to go deep in verticals. In other words, right now we're looking for mindset coaches and trainers and also mental health professionals. And we're looking for 20 and we're going to bring them in and they're going to build blueprints in, in blueprinted step-by-step -step processes to an outcome on their topic. And then while we're doing these verticals, every week or two weeks, we're going to go deep in a, in a vertical. Then we're going to move to the next one. But, but we're also A and D and going to go general because we're going to be doing a challenge on teaching people how to document their success and how to blueprint their success to be able to share with other people so they can follow in your footsteps. You know, there's, there's so many course platforms out there. The way we differentiate ourselves is we get rid of all the fluff and we go right to the step-by-step. Just tell me how to do it. I'll learn as I go. Get people taking action rather than just sitting there consuming things. And we have accountability uh, innovation that we built into the platform. And, you know, we're really excited to get this out. So, by the way, so if you or anyone you know is a mental health expert, a mindset coach trainer, uh, I'm going to put a link at the top. Actually, Blueprint is at the top right now, but I'm going to put it the, a link at the top, which is my calendar link. It's a 15-minute Zoom call. I want to talk to you. I want to get you involved with our project so that you can help us impact the world because we have a big mission. You know, we want to, we want to, you know, reach 15 million people as quickly as possible by giving them the exact steps they need to accomplish an outcome or a goal. All right. So I'm going to put that link at the top today and then getting into the topic today. I know the topic of the room is master this art or remain a peddler in your marketplace. I brought Richard Dolan back. 
my coach, mentor, and friend. And future, we're going to be doing some projects together. Uh, I want to talk about legacy today. Because I believe that without this, it's very difficult to excel and elevate. And we're going to hear Rich's take on this. Because Rich has worked with many large businesses, many people that you've heard of, as if you were in the room a month ago when he came in. NBA teams, sports franchises have taken up this 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 thing about legacy. And I also want to talk about the the misinterpretation or the misunderstanding of what actually creating a legacy means. Because some people think it's all about wealth or all about fame, celebrity, but it's not. And we'll get into that today. So I'm going to put the link at the top. And while I'm doing that, I want to welcome Rich Richard Dolan to the stage and say good morning. Rich, you there? He was here. Let me see. Yeah, there he is. Hey, Rich, you're on mute. There you go. There we, there we go. There we go. Good morning, everybody. What an epic start. You guys are already off to breakfast with champions, not chumps. Like, come on, folks. How cool is this? What's up, Mike? How you doing, man? I am doing great. And, uh, you know, it's Tuesday. I, I forgot what day it was because the kids had off from school. <laughs> I didn't really forget. I just had to check myself. But, uh, yeah, I want to I want to get into <clears throat> talking about legacy today, Rich. I, I really want to get into and dive into why you chose that to be one of your your things that you champion. Mm. And then how do you how you expose that and and and, and introduce those that you work with to this concept. And I want to talk about how that it's important for everybody, not just celebrities, sports, uh, you know, professional athletes, but just us everyday common folk. <laughs> well, you know, here, here, here's the thing, man. And I mean, just so grateful that you guys have got me here. So thank you for everybody that's letting me into their morning and into their day and into this call. So appreciate it. But um, as a coach, and I've been a coach for now 30 years, um, you're right, coaching C-suite folk and CEOs and owners and entrepreneurs. Um, I probably built some great profile having worked with a lot of great celebrities. I mean, serious icons and legends and, and in their own right, some gods. Uh, those are the words of, of Mike Tyson. Uh, he's a great man. You always talking about other athletes. I'm a god. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll call you a god. Um, and that was short lived. But um, all kidding aside, <laughs> what, what's amazing is that when we coach, you know, if everyone's writing down notes, I'm a big, I'm a big lecturer. I love teaching. I love knowing that every time I'm speaking, there's an opportunity to learn something. If you're writing down any notes, I want you to write this down. Is that when you coach, you can't just coach from passion. You've got to coach from principles. And the reason why you've got to coach from principles is because it will legitimize your passion. A lot of people are lit up, you know, they go to a great weekend, they walk on some fiery coals, they read a book, they attend a workshop, and they come out with all kinds of passion, you know, they're all lit up, they want to go out there and make a difference, they want to, you know, light other people up. But but you just can't, you just can't light a match with passion, you know, you've got to fuse it with some friction. And that friction is going to come from movement. And that movement's going to follow some sort of technique. And those are principles. And so when it came to developing for myself principles, it was based on conversations I was having at the time with my coach ease, my clients, what was haunting them, what was challenging them, what was upsetting them, what intimidated them. So my principles were founded by what my clients were confronted by. So my principle, such as leaving a legacy is a real big one. 
In fact, it's so big that, I mean, I built a business around it. I wrote a book on it. I've got uh, an incredible coaching process that's set on that principle on, on what steps to take. And the, and, the, and, the, and the short version, and if you're still writing down notes, I'll give you the definition of legacy in my view, is, is you're right. C-Rock hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's not about wealth. It's not about what you leave. It's not about, you know, the stuff you leave behind when you pass on. It's not about a will or a last testament. It's about, and here it comes, how you live, how you lead, how you love, and how you laugh that determines what you leave. And what you leave is your legacy. And when you realize what you leave is a legacy, but how it actually comes to be is how you've lived, right? Amongst your friends, your family, your loved ones, how you've led, like how you've inspired others, you've led others, you've helped grow others, how, how you've loved, right? Those close to you, those you're intimate with, those who are counting on you, and how you've laughed, both at yourself and at life itself. And so when you look at that motto, that model, that approach to life, and you realize that all the years that go by, should you be blessed to be here for 100 years plus, because the new luxury is actually growing old. If you grow right through until that time, you got to realize that becomes your legacy. So that's what legacy means. And, and that is one of the key principles I speak from. Yeah, you know, and I wanted to share a story real quick, a short story, um, because a lot of people think that they're not in the game of leaving a legacy because they don't make a lot of money, you know, or they're not famous or not a lot of people know them or, you know, they live in a small town, whatever it may be. But real quick, um, for those of you who know my story, you know, my dad threw a hundred dollar bill at me when I was 11, told me I was going to need it when I was living on the streets with my mom one day. And uh, then there was a guy named George that stepped in. That was my stepfather, my mom's third husband. And George was a very hard gentleman, very hard gentleman, never laid a hand on us, but he had a deep voice. He spoke loud, black and black and white kind of guy. Like, if you know, right is right. Wrong is wrong. Do good things. Good things happen. Do bad things. Bad things happen. Right. And, you know, back in, let's see, January of 2019, George passed away from a heart attack. Now, George was the type of guy that didn't make a lot of money. He worked for the DuPont company for I don't know how many years, 30 some years before he retired. And as long as he could go hunting and fishing when he wanted to. And as long as he could stretch his whatever paycheck he got. I mean, I, I know there's years he was making thirty five, forty thousand dollars a year with four kids, a wife. And as long as he could stretch that paycheck out, he had it, I mean, he had it meticulously dialed in. Like he could stretch that paycheck out. He knew he had X amount of dollars he could spend and, and buy a, a hunt, hunting bow or a gun or, or what have you. That's all that mattered to him and principles that he lived by. And so, make this short he, he died of a heart attack suddenly coming out of the woods hunting one day uh in january of 2019 now this is a catalytic moment for me because and we're talking about legacy here george by doing the things that he did over the years from when i was uh he had to be in my 40s so i, I knew george when i was probably i don't know eight or nine years old till i was 40 he left a legacy but i really don't believe he ever made more than fifty thousand dollars a year and so uh, to extend it real quick, when he passed away, I had this, a couple weeks later after he passed away, I had this like this, this energy come into me. And, and I'm not sure exactly, I have my beliefs on where it came from and you can believe what you want to, but I had this energy that came into me 
So his legacy was not just left in my mind and, and around the people that he touched and, but it, but it's going to impact millions of people because that is the moment that I really dialed in and started on this mission of what are you made of the sea rock brand people building and on from there and then sought out people like rich to work with, to, to develop myself. And, you know, that, that, that is uh, something I thought about this morning when we're talking about legacy is a guy like George. And I'm telling you, everybody loved George, but if you got him mad, like you didn't want to be around him. And it was embarrassing as a kid, but had friends over and he was disciplining us or correcting us because his voice was really deep and loud and it left a mark. So, you know, Rich, can you, can you kind of speak to that and, and, and maybe some people in your life that, that left a legacy, but, but really didn't monetarily, it wasn't monetarily, maybe it wasn't, you know, fame or, 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 or super successful. Well, listen, guys, I think that uh, that's an interesting story that you share. And we all have stories like that. Who we are today is really the summary or the summation of your past. Everything that you've been through, everything that you've lived through, everything that you've uh, experienced as an up or down has given you who you are. But if you're writing down notes, I'd write this down. The future, the future is a template of the past. The, the future is a template of the past. Unless, unless, unless you actually design it, unless you cause and create it, unless you say, no, 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 I'm not gonna keep living this way. No, 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 we're moving. No, 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 I'm out. No, 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 this is over. Unless you do something that's really, truly unpredictable, much of what comes next is. So legacy really is, if I were to use a metaphor, like the recipe book to your grandmother's best dish that you miss, right? You, you know, you know, you've tried to make it, you've emulated it, you've come close, but it's not quite right. And there's so many other elements you just can't control, right? The stove that likely was on its last legs, right? Perhaps the temperature that she turned up maybe in the, the last five minutes that you never noticed, nor is it written down in the recipe book, right? Or maybe it's that special store she'd go to that, that actually, in fact, imported that ingredient that you just can't seem to replicate or find. So, so the point is that a recipe book is like following it to a T to arrive to an outcome. Legacy is the summation of how you live, lead, love, and laugh that, that actually gives rise to how you leave. So the question becomes, how will you be remembered? How, how will you be celebrated? You know, when you look and you think back from, let's say, 50 years from now, heck, even 25 years from now, how do you want people talking about you? Why do you want people following you? A lot of us fall in love with the idea of maybe, in fact, being impactful. Some of us really want to be famous. Some of us want to make a living doing this thing called coaching, mentoring, training, speaking even. But, but, but what impact do you really make for others that really inspire them to live the way you did, the way you have, the, the way you've gotten to have your life the way it is? And I think, I think that, that becomes the real new founding principle to really leading ourselves and leading others to a very legacy-oriented life. Knowing that it's not about who will remember, it's not just about who will celebrate, it's not about just you know being able to leave a great prize upon your demise. It's, it's about being able to say, hey, you know what? I know that I wanna live a life that matters. So look, I'll, I'll tell you a real quick analogy, Mike, and I'm gonna pass it back to you. If you've ever watched great shows, whether it's the, uh, I don't know, the Game of Thrones or, or the Last Kingdom with Uhtred, King of Uhtred, you know, I mean, uh, all these shows about the, you know, the old days, right? The old, the old days, right? And, and, and what it was always about 
it wasn't just about lands. It wasn't just about rights. It wasn't just about title and it wasn't just about flags. Do you know what ultimately you would hear from time to time, from scene to scene, especially when battles were fought and won? The king would declare, they will sing songs about you. They will praise your name. Today will not be forgotten. And, and that was really actually legacy in the making. What that, that, that phrase captured was, hey, the way you lived, the way you led on that battlefield or on that war or in this particular meltdown, we're, we're, they're going to sing your name so we don't forget. We don't forget the difference you made, the lives you touched, the thing you did, that special, that special act you performed. And if we begin to think that our names need to matter and, and, our, and our being here needs to matter, then you start really living every day as if that's an investment. I want you to write this down every day. Every day is an investment into your legacy. Every day is an investment in your legacy. What do you think, Mike? We're onto something? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I agree. I love it. It makes all the difference in the world when things get tough or you don't feel like it. You remember what you're trying to do. And, you know, how, how can the folks in the room that haven't really thought about this before, where's the best place for them to really start? And uh, as far as, because look, man, I'm a blueprint guy, right? I want the steps. Like, where, where's the first step? Hey, listeners. If you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorningfive.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. And maybe the well, the first, yeah, the first step, the first step really is, and this is a profound one. It's, it's, it's you know, as, as you know, um, as a result of actually refining a lot of my coaching principles this past year, and you were actually a part of that pilot group. So glad to have watched you endure my stuff <laughs> and uh, in the end survive. But, but inside my principles of becoming a rich advisor, which is, which is my distinction, which is a hybrid between coach and mentor and trainer, but in one, being an advisor, I mean, presidents and athletes and, and world champions don't hire coaches, they don't hire mentors, they hire advisors. If you actually really pay attention and look closely, you know, my good friend LeBron James has a performance advisor. You know, uh, Lewis Hamilton has a, a performance and mental advisor team and, and the list goes on. And, and one of the principles, the first one, the first step all of you can take is to really find out what your calling is. Really find out what your calling is. And before I get into the definition of calling, you got to realize that in this betterment business, in this, in this human performance realm, in the self-help leadership development space we all are in, either as students, participants, or a hybrid of both, what I find is that oftentimes we'll get lit by what we did and what we witnessed, and that becomes the catalyst for us to go and do that for others. You know, you go and lose a whole bunch of weight, and all of a sudden you want to inspire other people to lose weight too. Fantastic. You know, or, or, or you got your life right and you, you, you left him or you dumped her and you got your love back on track. And so you want to inspire others to do that. Or, or you reinvented yourself after being wrongfully dismissed at a job and the list goes on, right? So in, in that case, your calling isn't about what inspires you. Your calling is about what speaks to you. And the way to find out what speaks to you is to really sit still and find out quickly. And if you can define it, what is it that you want to be able to do every day that if you kept checking that box at the end of a day, 
you know that was a great day lived. It was a great day led. It was a great day. If you left, if you left, that would be a great legacy to leave. So for me, when I was first asked that question, Mike, as I've shared with you before, I mean, when I first, I got to be per perfectly honest. I mean, when I heard the word calling, I said, look, I'm not into that airy fairy stuff. I mean, I believe in energy. I'm a spiritual being. I, I appreciate chakras, but don't, don't be, don't be, don't be burning any incense around me and telling me I got something that's going to start speaking to me. I, I was, I was winding up for a little bit of an uppercut to my fellow friend right there across from me, Alan. But I got to tell you, as I sat with it, he asked me a great question. And here it comes. If you're having trouble wrestling with this, he said, Richard, let me ask you something. What's the one thing you do? The one thing you do that if you were able to do it again, it'd leave a smile on your face. And I said, I love speaking. Clearly I love speaking. I mean, you can't speak this much and not love it. Right. I mean, a lot of us here, like you see rock, you can't, you can't speak as much as we do and not love it. So I said, speaking, and he says, okay, great. What is the feeling or sensation or experience you have that when you do that leaves your heart full. And I thought, Hmm, I, I, I don't know. He goes, well, let me ask you a different question. What's the experience you need to have from the front of a room or if you're leading in front of others that, you know, they're listening to you. I said, man, there's nothing that is better than seeing them, you know, heads down, writing notes, maybe nodding in agreement and not nodding off in sleep. Cause that happens too, by the way, like some of you right now probably have gotten back into the Z zone and he says, okay, great. And how does that make you feel? I said, I lit up. He goes, and what are they feeling? I go, well, lit up. He goes, well, just, that's your calling. Your calling is to go out there and produce experiences and produce the opportunities for you to light people up. Now, there's no, there's no wonderment why then that's why I do coach. That's why I do lead. That's why I do, in fact, speak because I'm on a mission to go and light people up. Why? That's my calling. And some people confuse calling with like purpose, you know, or your quest even your destiny. If, if I were to kind of, uh, you know, uh, riff off that medieval, medieval times concept, I just shared just at the top of the past 10 minutes. And, and all those might be somewhat accurate, but I've got different distinctions around those terms. A calling is what you feel compelled to do. Your calling is something that's in you. That's part gift, part blessing, part skill set. But if you got to do that thing, as Mikhail Csikszentmihalyi wrote in, in flow, it's to find yourself in something where you lose yourself in life. You lose track of time. You lose track of a day. You're loving what you're doing so much. You don't even know what hour it is. And I, I'm sure all of you've had that experience from time to time. That's when you're bumping up against that calling. So, so the key, the key Mike is to just find your calling. you, your calling is, is to really light the world up first finding out what are they made of it's a part of your battle cry right it's your battle cry it's your motto it's your mission it's what drives you gets you up has you invest your time and time away from your family and your family's enrolled by that because they too want you to win at that game so so your calling is the is the keystone you start there and the rest of the principles fall into place so is it natural or is it created well, part of that is, is true. Part of it is natural and part of it's created. I mean, just, just because, just because I want to be fit and nutritionally sound doesn't make it so right. My body's designed, all of our bodies are designed to be nutritionally pure and fully functional. It's just that we put a lot of things in our bodies and there's a lot of things that we don't. And there's a lot of circumstances and environments that don't treat our bodies the way they should. And as a result, they are 
a walking tolerance to the things that are surrounding us. Lack of sleep, right? Noise, uh, bad environments, smoking, bad habits, etc. So part of it is given. We have a perfect body, but part of it's created, which is created and caused by what? Habits, commitments, actions. Go to the gym, eat nutritionally, cut out certain things, be conscious. So when it comes to your calling, your calling is something that's personal. That's the word I would put down. And once you discover that it's personal, you realize it's yours. So you've got to find your calling. Your calling is the key. Got it. Okay. So before we go on, I would just want to remind everyone that we're in the breakfast with champions and I need some help. There's a little square box at the bottom with an arrow pointing up and we're at 130. I want to set a target for shares of the room. You know, I'm a target guy. I like to hit targets and I need your help because I can't do it myself. I can only be one of those numbers at the bottom. Let's get that thing up to 200. So I need 71 people to share the room real quick. Help me out. I see people already starting to do that. Thank you so much. And uh, say something funny, say something witty, encourage people to get in. Whatever you say, just say something. And let's get those shares up to 200. That's the target as we continue on here. And also, I want to say hello to a friend of mine I see that was down here, uh, Nisha. Uh, I think she's still here. Yeah, Nisha. What's up, Nisha? Uh, she actually uh, wrote the Hall of Fame speech for my friend Tio. Um, but I just hi, saw her. Down there. I just Tio. want to say hi. Good morning to you. Good morning. Such a good conversation. Thank you. Thank you. So as we continue all, and I want to remind everyone, the link at the top is if you are a mental health coach, mental health trainer, consultant, advisor, as Rich said, or mindset, uh, I want to talk to you about a project we're doing with Blueprinted. So if you could, uh, if you have questions, you can go to blueprinted.com and check it out or go to that link and schedule a 15 minute call with me. Uh, I'm on fire with this. I'm dedicated and committed to this over the next two weeks to really hammer this out and, uh, and, and build an army of people that are just going to, you know, have a huge impact on this planet through the project and platform of blueprinted. All right, Rich. So let me ask you this. So when you work with, uh, you know, professional athletes or teams or large companies, executive, uh, groups, do you find that most of them have their calling or do you find most of them don't? And then how do you approach people that have had success or at that level with egos and, and that level of, uh, experience how do you find if they don't have it approaching them with that and are they open-minded i know i, I threw a lot of questions there at you but no you're right I, i'll take all three questions but i might reframe them all and, and maybe address them this way i mean folks here here's the reality right we we are doing machines when you really fundamentally look at us existentially we're doing machines we're really good at doing stuff. That's why your product blueprint really rocks because although you might have a passion and people might in fact have an idea and they really want to get out there and be an impactful instrument on, on mankind, people got to follow a plan because people, when they hit win resistance will back down. It's just in our nature. So with that being said, I mean, for, for a lot of people, they've got to get that, that when you find your calling, when you find what you're meant to really do, it's really just really being at home with what really leaves you lit up. So the purpose of your day is always to live from that intention. The challenge in this doing world, the challenge even in our human betterment industry is we've all become obsessed with goals and we've all become obsessed with the scoreboard and we've all got, gotten obsessed with keeping track of the score and the points and the dollars when really what we should be keeping track is the fact that we're playing a game. 
enjoying it period to period, quarter to quarter, inning to inning. It's, it's to be, in fact, not outcome-oriented, but experience-committed. And when you start to realize that life's meant to be experienced out, not just lived out so you can get to the end. How did you do? What was the score? Did you win? Where's your prize? It's not all about outcome. It's about impact. It's about impact on self. It's about impact on others. And it's about having a real joy about doing that in such a way so that when you do in fact enjoy the existence of being on this thing called life, you get to really get lit up by the difference you're making. First with yourself by being a living demonstration for what you stand for and helping others being a living demonstration too. So I'm not saying it's wrong to write your goals. I'm not saying it's wrong to have results. I'm not saying it's wrong to have targets. But when you do that, you do create a gap. You create a gap between I am here and I must go there. So everything is insufficient and not enough between here and there. So the moment you actually, in fact, work from deficiency, here's the sad truth. Much of our psychological wiring makes it so that that becomes sad. That becomes hard. Sometimes that just becomes overwhelming. And that's when we get stuck. The reason why we get stuck or stalled or stay small is to survive. No one wants to jump across a giant chasm of uncertainty, <laughs> right? No one. So, so the reality is how do you, how do you in fact be goal oriented? How do you in fact become results obsessed? How do you become outcome based, but, but not in fact planning and willing yourself out of the game, off the playing field. Otherwise what we end up doing is we played the game from the bleachers, right? You've seen them before, right? You probably have uncles and aunts that do that, especially on Sundays, right? They're screaming from the couch, right? Oh my God, you idiot. Why did you do this? Why did you do that? Why did you do this? And why did you do that? Why aren't they doing this? And why aren't they doing that? Until you go on the playing field and you try doing that game. <laughs> and we'll see if they survive even a minute. So the reality is that we often in times lead and live from the bleachers when you got to in fact live from the field. And, uh, and, and that's what I have to say about the, those three questions that you'd asked me. Right. But when you're working with people that have had success and they're high powered people or big egos, how have you seen them respond to that first step of creating a legacy? Well, not well, because, of course, it has to first always feel sexy. No, no one. No one ever walks around with a goal tattooed on their forehead saying, I want to lose 25 pounds by the summer and wear that proudly. They, they might do it like inside of their own little circle of friends. They might even be brave enough to post a picture of them when they were overweight on Facebook. But the reality is that that's not really what lights people up. The reason why people become inspired to be speakers and mentors and coaches and on stages is because they love the feeling of being an instrument to impact. So the question becomes, what impact do you want to make? So when athletes, when I sit with them or, or very powerful political leaders or, you know, people who are in a bit of a rut of expression and need to take on a script because they're going to production in three weeks, but they can't get out of their head. It's, it's the question becomes, Hey, listen, man, what, what, what impact do you want to really make in your life in this world? What impact do you believe the world wants to see? What impact do you deserve to in fact make? And what impact are your loved ones who are counting on you to make that impact? What impact are they waiting for you to make? And getting them represented. That's the word. Represented. 
represents to why you're here, represents to why you've got these gifts, represents why you've got this opportunity, represents to why you're so great, represents to why you're even here. Each and every one of you on this call must in this moment be represents to the fact that you've got exactly what it takes to do whatever you want to do next because you're here. It's a demonstration of commitment. It's a demonstration of will. It's a demonstration of perseverance. It's a living demonstration of exercising free will. Just get it, just like that. Now invest it. So all, all the folks with the big egos, the only reason why an ego stays still is because an ego is hurt. Well, I thought I was gonna be better. I thought I was gonna have a ring by now. I thought we would have won this by now. I thought we would have been richer by now. I thought, I thought, I thought, well, guess what? Wherever there's an expectation, there's a disappointment. So don't have them, right? Don't have them, don't have expectations, have commitments. Have commitments that are drawn by an intention, have that intention be born out of your calling. What are you built wait, to wait, do? Wait, 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 Rich, let that breathe for a minute. Mm. Let that breathe for a minute right there. Because everybody thinks that they need to have expectations, let's face it, everybody thinks that. And I hate to generalize, but everybody thinks that you have to have expectations. And sometimes you don't even think you need to, you just do. And then disappointment comes from the expectations you set in the past. So can you, can you dig a little deeper there on commitments versus expectations? Well, look, I mean, I mean, commitments are created, right? We all have commitments. You, you all made a commitment to be on Breakfast with Champions today. That was a commitment and you, and, you, and you came through. I mean, some people have a commitment to just be here, but not be here, right? Some of you are still doing your makeup and some of you are making breakfast. Some of you are probably driving the kids to school because you got other commitments. So we got now dual commitments and that's okay too. But you start having to look at the quality of your commitments, the quality of your commitments are those commitments truly serving you? Or are you a servant to them? So when you just really step back and ask yourself, you know, just because you gave your word five, 10, 15 years ago, are you still truly committed? Right? Are you truly committed? How are you demonstrating that commitment? How does that show up? How are you measuring the net outcome of those commitments? So what we need to always be asking ourselves is what is the true quality and expression of commitment? You know, just recently I went to the NFT week, which was held by my dear friends, uh, Julie, who in fact is a, just a wonderful woman who's so powerful. She's done conferences a long time. And I'd made a commitment to being in NFT week. Now I did not realize, and she doesn't know this by the way. Uh, so it's the first time I'm actually telling the story is that I actually overcommitted. I committed to being at a conference, which was stellar. I mean, they had friends of mine, like uh, Mark Cuban was there and Grant Cardone was there. And uh, I mean, Jim Quick was there, my brother. Uh, I mean, talk about a really cool mind performance coach. And what was amazing was I miscalculated my timing because I needed to be home on the weekend um, for a commitment I made to my son. So it was a massive inconvenience to be at that conference because I have to go back to Miami. So it was a kind of like a zigzag, go down, do this talk, come back, do what I said I would do, and then go back for other work I have to do in Miami. So it was inconvenient. It didn't make sense to go, but I, I, I was committed. And here's the point. It wasn't just giving my word. It was, I'm committed to all those people I am, I'm going to cause and create to meet and out of going and being committed to the net impact, not just for Julie, not just for NFT week, Miami, but more importantly, for all the other people that were there expecting me to speak, I caused and created new opportunity out of being there. Because that's what happens when you're committed to the whole, not just committed to getting it done, not just committed to checking the box, 
not just committed because you said you'd do it, not not staying married because you said you would and you grudgingly are, or, or, or you stayed there for the five years because you gave a five-year commitment, even though you're dying inside. Commitment isn't just a box to check, it's the way to live so it lights up whenever you, in fact, meet the standard that says that you fulfill that commitment. So for so, egos, for egos, just to say it one more time, and I apologize for speaking that top you, Mike, is that for egos, especially athletes, especially real huge champions, I mean, world champions, I mean, guys who are um, incredibly gifted and incredibly paid to incredibly perform, is that oftentimes when an ego starts to rear its ugly head, it's because they know better. All of you know better. You know you're better than whatever the circumstance is that's got you stuck. So the only thing the ego is asking is, hey, can you just in fact acknowledge that I'm here? Yeah, I see you, ego, but hey, we got to get to work. We got to represent ourselves to the commitment, why it matters to ourselves and others that are counting on us, and get intentional. Get back on the path. Right. So let's shift gears for a second then. Uh, let's talk about, you, you had us watch, and by the way, if you're just joining us, you're in Breakfast with Champions, uh, it's your boy C-Rock um, talking to my friend coach, mentor, and now advisor, Richard Dolan. Um, I, I want to shift gears for a second. You had us watch a documentary on uh, Malice at the Palace, mm. which had to do with the Detroit Pistons and the uh, Indiana, Indianapolis, or Indiana Pacers. And when they, there was a fight in the crowd, right? That's just one instance of uh, athletes doing things that they shouldn't be doing, getting off track. And there's been some things that happened recently whether it was in the uh, Academy Awards or other sporting events, I won't say any names. But how do you address when you're working with someone you're advising, when they're so committed and they're working at such a high level, and when they get off track? Because all of us, no matter what level we are, no matter where we are, what our title is, we all get off track sometimes, and we do things that we aren't proud of, or we mess up, let's just face it. Where, where do you start with those folks when you get on the phone with them the first time, or you see them in person? Uh, when, when, when they know that they've done something wrong or maybe they're, maybe they don't know, maybe they, maybe they're telling themselves a story to justify what they've done. Mike, you asked such a, first of all, I don't know what you're talking about when it comes to the Oscars. I'm not sure what you're referencing. Um, uh, so I'm sure that there's something happened there that was quite <laughs> newsworthy. Um, but all kidding aside, I mean, here, here's, I'm going to say, this is probably the most important question I've been asked. And, and I want to give you a very profound answer and I want you all to lean in and listen to this. Okay. The very first thing to do when you recognize yourself or you recognize in your client that an ego was present and drove an action is to give themselves some room or give yourself some room to simply accept what's been done. Because quite frankly, in our greatest of moments, shit happens. We're all human beings. We're not meant to be perfect. You're designed to be perfect, but you haven't experienced perfection quite yet. Now, when it, when it comes to speaking to someone out of or through such an adversity, an upset or an obvious egotistical uh, ruining episode like the one you're describing either at the Oscars or Malice in the Palace is to really first get people to the source of what, what caused the outburst or the upset. And I'm going to say something that's going to be probably both prolific but controversial. No matter what you've got to accept in order to restore your power that you own 100% of what went down and went wrong. It's your only access to power and what comes next. 
it's the only power you've got and access to what comes next is to really own it, really just powerfully own it. So what ends up happening is the first step is to really give people the room to be, let them breathe, let them retreat, let them reflect. And if it's you, you do the same. Number two though, is to really, in fact, first and foremost, acknowledge and accept what went down. Acceptance allows it to be as it is and to be as it isn't. But immediately after really truly first acknowledging, then accepting, then you've got to atone. You know, make your apologies, clean your mess up, right? You, you can cause a shitstorm, but you better pull out a broom next. <laughs> you better clean up that stench. And if you don't atone, then, then you won't get on. I mean, that's just the reality. Because once you atone, that's when you can get realigned, right? Like, I mean, what happened at the academies, what could have been great was someone saying, hey, listen, I want to acknowledge I did something wrong. You know, regardless of why, regardless of how, I want to acknowledge, I accept full responsibility for doing that solely. And whatever the academy wants to do, let them do it. Because I, I accept fully whatever's going to come next. But what, what they can then do is I want to apologize particularly to that particular individual or this set of individuals and just say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the impact that made or the distraction that caused, whatever the, whatever the disaster you made and created. But then what you can do, here comes where alignment comes alive. Here's where alignment comes alive. And you know what, folks, you don't want to do? I'm going to bring some attention to what happens when you lose your mind in a bad moment. I'm, I'm gonna investigate what I've got going on. I'm, I'm maybe gonna run a, a, a foundation on getting to the bottom of where mental health and wellness really matters even for us here in Hollywood. I mean, at least you're creating what's called hope and you're calling new pathways. And here's the best part, you're causing creating a different future that's in response to the adverse moment. Rather than that, guess where we're all stuck and still talking about it till this day, right? That moment. We're all living it every single day because no one's caused and created a future. Shit happens. Couples break up. People break their words. Bosses are assholes. I mean, you get let down. But what's more important isn't just how you respond to it. What's more important isn't just how you, in fact, respond to it. What's more important is how you then live from there because of it. And that's caused and created. Well, why don't we do this? Why don't we commit to that? Why don't we restart over here? Why don't we refresh this way? And that's what it comes down to, especially with athletes. Athletes sometimes live their worst games forever. Malice in the palace is a byproduct of people who just didn't get over their past and it all came out in that game. You've got to acknowledge. Yeah, you got to accept. You got to atone. Yeah, my, and that's, I think, what happened at the, the Academy Awards as well is that is that it wasn't about Chris Rock, for example. It was about everything that's happened in the past. So, but, but, but uh, I want to, I want to say some but time. I want to know something, okay. C-Rock, you, you want to know something? And I want to just say something about that. And I don't want to make this about what happened at the academies, but I want you all to notice something from what we're talking about. Do you want to know why we're talking about it still? Even right now, I mean, gosh, even at the NFT week, you couldn't escape the fact that some of the speakers had to still drop a, a, a hint or a joke about it because it's so relevant. But you all notice that? Y'all notice that? Y'all notice that people are still talking about it? You want to know why? Because in the absence of a created and caused future, everyone's making up their own version of what happened. That's what's wrong with it. And that's the recklessness of, of our world right now. 
in the absence of logic, in the absence of ownership, in the absence of someone stepping up and saying, I did it, this was mine, this is on me, everyone's pontificating about what happened. Everyone's pontificating and speculating as to what was behind it. And we even got divided thoughts and minds and opinions on who was right and who was wrong. When really all this really comes down to is two individuals that need to close, cause, and create together or in alignment. And that comes down to the two individuals that in fact sparked this whole thing. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And that's what it means to clean up your mess. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, well, I could go on all day about this, but let's, I want to save some time for everybody in the room to, to share takeaways, thoughts, or questions for Richard or myself. And also in the comments, uh, on the left, the chat, there's some people in there that are, that are giving you some, some props, Rich, so check that out. And if you haven't yet, let Rich know what you think of today's talk. Let me know what you think of today's talk. Give us some feedback in the chat over to the left. Let's get some energy going, engagement going. And so let's uh, let's go ahead and if somebody wants to just say their name and if you have a question or takeaway or thoughts of today. Hey, C-Rock, this is Glenn, man. And this is uh, this has been awesome on so many levels. Uh, Richard, I appreciate you being here, my man. And uh, I just did the NFT event over in LA. And I don't know how you felt, Richard, but I felt like I was the dumbest guy in the room. <laughs> Moderating a panel, man. The technology is amazing, isn't it? Yo, yo, I got to tell you something. Who, whoever stood on stage, and particularly whoever moderated the stage, is probably the bravest souls there are in this world. I mean, you're, you're, you're talking about a whole brand new terrain. You're talking about uncharted waters. Man, we, we are all uh, Christopher Columbus's, you know, exploring the uncharted waters of a new conversation called technology, especially in the domain of NFT. So good for you for being on there, man. I mean, that's not an easy task. I mean, the moderator I had was just absolutely brilliant. His name was Mark. And I mean, he was just stunning. Um, but you're right, man. Don't, don't be afraid of new conversations because you want to know something, folks. If you're writing down notes, start here. New conversations creates new elevations. New conversations is where you get to transcend. New conversations is where you get to try something new. New conversations is where you get to butt up against the unknown. And that's when the body says, oh, gosh, we got to learn something. We got to build new capacity. We got to learn a new skill. We got to up level, if I may borrow from the world of all things digital, right? We got to up level, right? Or level up. If, if my son was here, he'd say that was actually incorrect. The right language is level up. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Well, let me, let me ask you a quick question. Uh, sure. Richard. So when you talked about the, uh, your true like purpose, right? The thing that really like lights you up. Um, I guess my question, asking for a friend, right? Asking for a friend. So <laughs> I have, I have, um, I have like two paths, uh, or sorry, my friend, my friend has like two paths, right? He has one where he does the thing that really lights him up all the time. And that path pays okay. Then he has another path, which is a thing that he's really, really good at. And he enjoys, but it doesn't light him up like the other thing. But it pays amazing. <laughs> so how do you, if the purpose-filled side that really lights you up doesn't pay the bills as well, how do you make moves or combine those worlds to where you can have your cake and eat it too? 
I guess mm. is what I'm asking. You know, you're you're asking a really, really great question, and I'll tell you why. Because a lot of people are are stuck in between two worlds, right? And it's hard. I mean, you 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 can't go to third with a foot on second, right? You just can't. And you can't have your eyes on home if you can't let go of either base. I mean, the challenge that people are having is that we're we're we you got to realize that what you do isn't who you are. Number one, like number one. So one of the things that happens inside our world, this human betterment world, if I may say, and we're all in that world in some way, shape or form. I'm not alone. It's not my world. It's our world. We all play a role in it, all empowering and equipping and emboldening human beings to do great things. Yeah. And so you got to realize that if you've got a job, if you've got a career, if you've got something that pays the bills, it is the most responsible thing to keep in place for you, for your loved ones, for your children, for those counting on you and for your future. So the reality is that you got to look at that as, as, as your, your source of bank. It's your source of capital, right? It's your backer. Your job is your sponsor. And you proudly wear that sponsor tag on the chest that you have, right? Like a, like a NASCAR race car driver, right? NASCAR race car drivers, man, they, they, don't, they don't own that car, right? All those logos own that car. So the reality is you got to really just shift your perspective and realize that you got to respect the paycheck. Right? If you respect the paycheck, that paycheck's gonna respect you. Need not resist it. Your job ain't who you are. That career you're in isn't who you are. And you are not permanently there or there forever. It is just a part of the overall design. Another word I'd introduce to everybody, my brother, is this. Is it's, it's, a, it's a great act of subsidization. That job that you're saying that actually pays real well, fantastic, then you get to subsidize you real good doing what you love to do. And what you do is the right mathematics to really, in fact, link paycheck to purpose to be able to make the jump is when what you love doing, the thing that really lights you up, whether you're a coach or a mentor or a trainer or advisor um, and, or in your business for yourself in some way, shape or form, when that paycheck, in fact, matches or begins to outpace what you make in the other job. And until you can actually, in fact, consistently make that pay, for at least three months in a row, you can't even think about leaving. Now, I know what a lot of people are gonna say, well, hold on a second there, Slick. What, what about taking the risk? What about leap of faith? Well, leap of faith don't pay the mortgage. Doesn't keep a roof over your head. I mean, you don't wanna be the starving motivational speaker, you know, looking for a handout. You wanna be responsible and a great way to, in fact, really hijack your passions and your power and your, and your projection is just be responsible map it out right now one thing a little bit of a fine-tune fine-tune small print if though the job you've got even though the pay you get ends up robbing you of your mental emotional and spiritual horsepower where it really hinders your ability of doing the thing that you're really lit up by then that's a different conversation right like it's killing you like every day you go it's killing you like physically killing you then that's different you might have to find a different job or a different way of subsidizing your passion. But you've got to remain financially responsible so that you can play the long game, not a short game. Don't get paid for one gig and all of a sudden you think it's permanent. No, that's a phenomenon. Let's repeat it now, right? Make sense? Totally makes sense. And I really appreciate where you said that they're the sponsor, right? So I have, I have basically two companies. They're both mine, I own them both. One's just far more lucrative than the other, and one's a lot more fun than the other. <laughs> uh, 
but when you said that, like it just unlocked something. A light bulb went off. Like, oh, yeah, man. Sponsor listen, listen, the other thing. People, okay. people think that their job and their paycheck is a death sentence. No, man, it's a sponsorship. You getting a paycheck that's helping you do what you really love to do, folks. That's a sponsorship agreement. You've got yourself a cool corporate partner. Now, the real coup de gras is if you turn around and get them truly involved where you start doing events and they actually become a real sponsor with a pull-up banner and maybe they actually are responsible for sponsoring the shirts. Maybe all of a sudden you can get into the outreach and start connecting with community or different verticals or industries and you start speaking about what your business or the company you work for actually really cares about that industry. All of a sudden they're paying for your flights, your hotel, your food, and even maybe a stipend to do that kind of work. Now we're talking. You got you got. We have to shift our relationship to our full-time job like as if it's wrong, but we have to really recognize and embrace it's right, but it's not permanent. So therefore, yeah. chill out. Yeah, I was gonna say, Glenn, I do the same thing, man, and I shifted my perspective, and it's changed everything. Like I, for those of you who don't know, I'm in the mortgage space. I spend an hour a day in that, and they and everything aligns, and and uh, it's elevated me. And you know how hard it is for people that want to be a speaker, coach, or what have you, or any other business, to go out and find someone that's a sponsor that would pay you that much money. And we have it, you know? So, um, Rich, that's that's Yeah, I really like that, man. I really like that, because I'm already, I've already got a lot of those pieces, right? Like, I do events and uh, speak on stages, get paid to travel. Like, all those pieces are there. I've just been running them as two... I've been trying to run them as two standalone separate entities, right? Uh, someone somewhere along the way told me that, you know, they got to be able to stand on its own. Don't don't have the one business. Don't be robbing Peter to pay Paul type thing. Um, but looking at it that way is the one company becomes a sponsor for everything else that we're doing. They're like the title sponsor, right? Then I can tie the two together make it monetarily make sense for the one business to feed the other business. Glenn, you're actually robbing, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul by doing like keeping them separate. Right. Right. Yeah. This is, this is awesome. This is a, thank you so much. This is really helpful for me. Glenn, thank you for asking the question. I'm that friend that you was asking for while you were asking for yourself. That's right. Yeah, it wasn't what a for pow- me, it was powerful for you question. <laughs> what, what powerful question, Glenn? I mean, because I think many of us are in that space, right? And we certainly keep them separate. Um, but what was just discussed was just, man, I mean, it just it's just practical and it makes sense. So thanks for asking uh, for your friend. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to go to Nisha real quick as we wind down here. Nisha had a, a comment or question. Yes, thank you, C-Rock. And Rich, I just want to say such a powerful conversation. And I think to Glenn's question, um, I, I think everything is just super aligned and, and, and the folks that are in this room needed to hear you speak today. So here's what I wanted to say regarding something you mentioned earlier. I think that, and I want to get your thoughts on this, people kind of operate from ego or they operate from fear. Right. And and there's a weird dynamic that happens where the folks that are operating from ego are just doing all the things. Right. The people that are operating from fear are not really doing anything because they convince themselves that they can't do anything and they really can do all the things. But they've got to get in the game. Right. And get off of the bleachers, as you mentioned earlier. And I wonder why you think that 
dynamic exists. And because I know that some people in the room, I know I've dealt with it in the past and now I help people um, who experience this on a daily basis. But why are we not operating in our true gifts? And why are we so scared? And then for the folks that are ego sort of driven and are just doing all the things, like how do they get there? And, and what's the middle ground for folks to really do and exist in their best self? This is me, Sean Dunn speaking. Well, it's so great to hear your voice and you're so spot on. I love your energy and I appreciate your acknowledgement. So thank you for all that and being here. Uh, I mean, to work in reverse through your question, uh, the people who get there performed a hack, right? Like the old book title goes, they felt the fear and did it anyway, right? And that's why we're always in awe of people who in fact defy the odds and get to the top whether it's watching the Olympics or whether it's watching your favorite sport, whether it's watching someone who overcame some sort of a phobia or fear, you're like, wow, that's amazing. Now, remember, to really appreciate my response, you've got to understand the, 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 the psychology of human beingness, right? Our brains have perfected only one act over 3 million years, 3 million years to perfect one act and that's survive. That's it. That's the one act we've perfected over 3 million years of evolution. So the reality is that to be motivated, take something. Right? To be inspired takes something, to, to, to be in love, to be in relationships, to be, to be in action, to be committed to great things, that takes more. And by the way, that's a threat to survival. That tells your subconscious, like, whoa, 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 slow down, sleep in, sit down, right? Click channel. There's no need to do that. Let's just survive. So everything above and beyond survival is a generated state. You gotta generate it. You've gotta push. You've got to work for it and it's not easy. And the people who've actually, in fact, make it look easy is because they've done it a long time where it's second nature for them. To your comments about ego, right, uh, or fear, those are two of the three, what I call keepers. So there's a mental construct at a very unconscious level that keep you safe. And they're the conversations that bubble up in your mind before you take a step in the direction of the unknown. And it's either a concern about being judged it's a, it's a concern about looking good or looking great, which is ego, or it's a concern about what can go wrong or getting it wrong, losing control or messing up, that's fear. And usually we have one of those three dominating the conversation. For some, for some of my young clients that are male and, and are really at that stage in their life, ego is a big one. You know, for a lot of my mothers uh, who are clients, you know, sometimes it's judgment. You know, for people who are really just not quite trained or skillful at a, a particular new game, it's, it's often maybe fear. But we, we have those keepers in our unconscious. So what you've got to do is you can't get rid of them. Someone wrote in the chat line there that, you know, ego is good. It's a part of who we are. And that person's right. All of you are right. You need to be concerned about what judgments out there, what ego can do and what your fears are. It keeps you alive. It keeps you alive. It's gotten you to this point. But just because it keeps you alive doesn't mean you should stay here. That's all I'm saying. It's kind of like when you check in on that jet and you're heading to the next destination, you're not booking a ticket for one. You're booking a ticket for four, you and those three keepers. Take care of them, watch them, own them, or else they'll own you. And so the idea is that what generates trajectory and what gives you a lot of velocity is the awareness for the things that are actually holding you back, not just being aware of what holds you back. And the minute you're aware of them, you actually unhinge yourself you unhinge yourself and now take control. It's like, it's like moving over into the pilot seat and say, okay, I'll drive. You guys go in the back seat, not trying to throw them out of the car, fighting with them. And all of a sudden you all crash the car. Does that make sense? Hope it does. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you.
Thanks, uh, Mike. This has been amazing. Yeah, man. thank you. Thank you, Rich, for being here. We're going to try to bring you back at least once a month to share with everyone because I think that, you know, we're getting a great feedback. And Rich and I are going to go on the road at some point. We're going to be doing some projects together. And, you know, if we ever have some live events, you guys are going to know about it. We'd love to include Glenn and, and the rest of you uh, with some of the future that we're going to create together. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.